Alright, hello and welcome here to Tinkle Sports Talk. We're back one more time here before our nice little summer break. Boy, we got a lot of news for you this week. Oh yeah, and probably some unexpected news too. Yeah, shoot, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a sheet this long. And I hope we, you know, I love it, but I hope we don't see a sheet this long again for not recording in five days. <laughs> don't get I me know. wrong, I love it, but, you know, oh man. But anyway, coming up on the show today, we've got some uh, NFL news. A guy says he's not quite uh, done with football yet. You'll find out that name very soon. Um, we've also got NBA free agency news to cover. We've also got, um, some, we got very small Olympic news. Um, of course we got MLB news. The trade deadline happened last week. Of course we recorded before that. So now we're going to get you up to date on the, uh, on MLB trade deadline, uh, deals. And then of course we got Tinkle on this, but before we get going... Again, a reminder, this is our final show before the uh, summer break that we are taking. Um, you know, so we will be back September 8th with a NFL kickoff special. It'll be our prediction show for the NFL season. All the nine yard, all the, you know, basically the full 10 yards and whatnot. Um, but in the meantime, we hope you'll check out Facebook and Instagram. We'll probably do a bunch of updates over on that end in that month off. And of course, our show will return on September 12th at 9 a.m. Eastern. Nice little break, kind of needed. Um, I was just oh, telling, yeah. <laughs> I was just telling Jason I slept eight hours last night. I'm still tired, <laughs> so that should tell you a lot. Um, but anyway, let's get moving. Oh, by the way, out of turn four will return on Tuesday. Um, and that will continue through the end of the, uh, racing season, which is in November. And then that see that show will take a nice long break, much longer than this show's break. So, um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, now let's get going. Um, that guy, of course, Mr. Dag Gummit himself, Philip Rivers, um, he announced the other day he's not quite done with football yet. He said, I'm out of shape. I probably wouldn't have made weight entering camp, but I'm just starting to get back into shape. Um, and this is quite a surprising headline to come out. Actually, this is quite a coincidental headline to come out, seeing that the teams are in camp. Um, mm. I'm going to skip a story ahead here. Carson Wentz is out five to 12 weeks after having surgery on a broken foot. Um, you know, is, I, I just got to say, I think a reunion with the Colts is very likely. Yeah, I think so too, but it's not right away. Like you, what you said, you know, if he's not prepared for training camp, it's probably not best to bring him in and sign a deal right now. Because you do that, you basically are like, well, we got to get you into camp. Sorry, Phillips, but Philip, but uh, mm. kind of have to, you know, learn the offense all over again. Um, I guess it's going to be intriguing to see 
who is going to be stepping up in the time that, you know, Carson Wentz is hurt. Can it be Eason? Can it be somebody else? I have no idea. All I know is hmm. the young Jacob Eason out of Washington needs to definitely be ready for what's going to be coming, and that is to start possibly week one. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got to be ready. Of course, um, you know, here's the thing. If I'm the Colts, though, and I hear the statement, I think I'm getting on the phone with Philip Rivers right now, and I'm saying, hey, man, come play with us right now. You know, I know you're not in shape. We got, like, three to four weeks before the season actually starts. Let's, you know, plenty of time to get in shape plenty of time to get ready and to be honest he's only been retired for like seven months right now mm -hmm. it's not like he's been retired for three four years and right. is trying to come back it's not like john kitna who came back like a year or two later it's not like josh mccown who came back you know after about a year away there's still yeah. time to get ready and if anyone can do it it's philip rivers um you know, right now, if they asked him to play in a preseason game, there's no way he'd be ready to go. This would be a high injury risk to begin with. But, you know, it's very apparent the Colts are not going to trade, at least not right now. They're not going to trade for a veteran quarterback. And frankly, after hearing right. this news, why would you? I mean, to be honest, you trade away, you trade for like Nick Foles. You're adding to the cap problem there. Not mm -hmm. to mention, and keep in mind, it is a lower cap this season. Um, and then you're just See complicating the... things. Right. I mean, it's weird because I've been, I, I mean, this is not true, but I've been seeing a lot of talk that Mitchell Trubisky's name has gone in the fold. Oh, well, why don't the Coles try to go after him? He's a NFL, you know, he's a backup right now to Josh Allen, hmm. but he's a proven starter. Yeah, he can come in for that time frame to come in and play, and he can prove that he can be a guy. But the problem is, he would have to learn a whole new offense, like he's already doing with the Bills. So you would have mm -hmm. to bring him in, tell him, oh, well, by the is... way, that offense that you were learning with the mm -hmm. Bills, throw that out of the, out the window. You're going to have to learn a whole new offense. Like, that's going to confuse the heck out of him. It's just better to bring in a guy mm -hmm. like Philip Rivers, who already knows the offense, has already been in yeah. there in the system. So it's not like you would have to like tell him, "Oh yeah, by the way, we're changing things up." No, you you go in there and be like, "You already know the offense. You already know a bunch of these guys that are here. Mm -hmm. You know what to do." So him signing a one, maybe two year deal or so, to yeah. come back and play for the Colts for the time that Carson Wentz is hurt. Makes the most sense to me because he already knows the offense. He already knows a lot of the guys that he's playing with. Maybe there's some new guys that he has to get well acquainted with. But it should be no time. And and if there's any time for him to get into the shape, it's now. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't absolutely have to take the practice See, field. He could be on the sidelines working out. See, now's the time to do it, because if you do it mid-season, you're setting yourself up for failure at that point, mm -hmm. because you're going to basically come in, you're going to have to crash course everything. Um, you know, you're going to have to crash course, you're going to have to learn, like, right on the fly, and that's asking a lot of anyone, really. 
Um, you know, Trubisky coming in, I personally, I'm against it because let's face it, Trubisky has shown in the past, he's a slow learner when it comes to NFL offenses. I just don't think he'd be able to pick it up in time, regardless of who the Colts trade for. They're at a massive disadvantage. Um, the good news is that this division, outside of the t outside of the Titans, they have a good shot at battling for the wild card still. I don't think all is right. lost for them because it is the AFC still. There's still a little bit more of a gap in the competition, um, but it's certainly going to put them at a disadvantage. I wouldn't rule out a nine and eight finish at the end of the season because mm -hmm. I could definitely see a two and five start, and then. You know, but I just hope one thing, and I hope Frank Reich doesn't get the blame for this because we know how good of a coach Frank Reich is. Right. And he shouldn't get blamed for a poor start nor a poor finish because this was just an unfortunate circumstance. But at the end of the day, the Eagles won that trade, I guess you can say now, because they just gave away the Trojan horse at quarterback. <laughs> I mean, they basically said, here you go, here's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. We'll just take a couple draft picks from you. And sure enough, the Trojan horse is all hiding inside that Trojan horse, and I saw the meme already, is all those injuries that you had to worry about. <laughs> I know. But I, I just... Well don't know if Eason's the guy though <laughs> all I know is they better the Colts better hope it's only five weeks because the worst case okay now the question I have is mm. see what if it is worst case 12 weeks that's really but, putting a, a damper on your plans but you don't know, being give a yourself team. deja see vu if they somehow see if somehow they miss playoffs they somehow get to be a very high top seed do you think you know, you're Frank, right? You're seeing, okay, he's going to be possibly out 12 weeks. Say he is, he is mm. tw out 12 weeks. Do you think it's probably time to go after a rookie quarterback just in case if, you know, Carson Wentz isn't the guy that we were, you know, thinking he's going to be because he's it's had these injury problems? That. It's going to come down to that, I think, at the end of the day. Um, I, I just don't see how it wouldn't. But, I mean, Jacob Eason, for all intents and purposes, was supposed to be the guy this year. Um, mm -hmm. That's the reason they drafted him, I believe, on day two or day three last year. Um, but it, it's very apparent he's not ready to go. Um, I know they got Brent Hundley on the roster right now. He's obviously proven that he's nowhere near starting capabilities in the NFL, which is a shame because, you know... He really only had one shot, but yeah. You know. But at least he's started before, so that's at least a little bit better than Jacob Eason, who yeah. didn't even get the chance to yet. I read something somewhere too that Mariota could be in play for the Colts. Now that would probably be a good trade to make because yeah, I think I so think too. I think if you look at Marcus Mariota, that would be about a lateral move because Carson Wentz and Marcus Mariota are kind of on the same level when it comes to talent. You know, I think mm -hmm. they're both very... But here's the thing, they have two things in common. They're both pretty talented quarterbacks, but they, but boy, do they have a high injury concern. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But, um I know this, I know we don't have fantasy football listed, but I think this is going to deter a lot of people from taking T.Y. Hilton. 
Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I know He's this deters me. Risk. We do have fantasy football <laughs> drafts in our time off as well. Should have noted that. Maybe, maybe two, but currently we definitely have one on our plate. Well, definitely one for for right now. But yeah, yeah. you're right. I think it definitely deters people from going after T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> um, if you're hearing this now, and if you are one of them that want to take that risk, all for you. All <laughs> for you. Just, just don't come back to us and be like, but my team didn't win one single game. Yeah. Well, guess what? We told See. you so, so. But the problem is now the Colts are going to be in a tough situation because let's say he is out five weeks. Of course, that's the three preseason games. I believe they got a week off before the NFL season then. And then it's off to the um, races. I don't think so. I think they... I don't know how it works this year, but let's see. Because yeah, the Hall just... of Fame game was Thursday. So that means preseason mm-hmm. starts... Uh, probably the 12th, then the 19th, then the 26th. So that's three yeah, weeks right, right there. So they do have a week off before the actual season starts. So. Which is probably nice to them because usually they don't get a week off before mm-hmm. after the se- after preseason. They go right into the season. Yeah, like, so interesting. So losing that extra preseason game actually is pretty beneficial to to a lot of teams because you get that week off to prepare for whoever you know is going to stay on your team and i would assume that week before the season starts is their like who gets cut period so So they get longer you know more time to cut players so let's see we go about five weeks out that's about week two Mm -hmm. week three um yeah you know i think right there it's not you know looking at it now it's debatable if you trade for a quarterback. I mean, if you have to just survive two weeks. But here's the thing, though. There are setbacks, and you don't want to wait till week two and then go 0-2 oh, and, and be like, Carson, I know you're at 60%, but we need you back right now. Because look at what happened when they did that with uh, Nick Foles under center struggling mm-hmm. the year after the Super Bowl. Um, that didn't work out in their favor. So... They don't want to rush this back, so at the same time, it's it's a toss-up of what you want to do here. It's probably best to go after a quarterback, just in case if it does end up plaguing. Like I think let, it's let's an just insurance be policy. This could very well end his entire rest of the year, too. Mm-hmm. We don't know that either. Like yeah. he could very well be out all 17 games heading into next year. Yes, it, just because it says 5 to 12 weeks doesn't mean There's setbacks. he's going to have a lot of setbacks, a lot of setbacks mm. in his, you know, in his way. So we, we, we don't yeah. know if he's exactly even going to play this year. So if for insurance policy, it's best to go after um, another quarterback. Yeah. Now, well, that... as far as fantasy teams, if there's anybody to get, it's mm. probably this guy. Yeah, I was about to say, um, let's move it forward here. Nick Chubb is definitely a guy you want to get. Um, man, he just signed a big deal. I believe it was four years, 36 mil, something like that. Somewhere in that range. But, yeah, Jason, I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to let you answer first. Is he a top 10 running back in the NFL? I think so. 
see. Definitely, I wouldn't say top five, but definitely top ten running back in the NFL. See, because there's a def- there's definitely a lot of guys you know over him, uh, you know Derrick Henry. Well, Derrick Henry is number one. Of, one. of course, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in a I'm not gonna go in a big list mm-hmm. of you know who is the top ten running. Maybe backs we'll in do the that NFL on our today. kickoff special and the debate. Probably. So probably. But um. But you know what? The thoughts on it, I think he deserves it. What? 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 <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> um, I think he deserves the contract See? extension because he is nothing but been, you know, the greatest running back they've had in a while. I mean, see, plus he can help that team go even further this year compared to last year. I mean. You get him, you get an OBJ that's coming back from injury. Hopefully he's going to be fully healthy. Um, And then you have Jarvis Landry. So, I mean, you you got some talent. So, I mean, they can only build from here. And a lock of Nick Chubb was probably the best move they could have ever made right there. Yeah. I I completely agree with that. Now here's the thing, I don't I wouldn't put him top five, only because let's face it, he's in a tandem running back situation right now. Yeah. And if he could do it on his own, I would put him top five. Now I'm not saying that that makes him any less of a running. You know I I know that sounds like it makes him look like less of a running back than he is because he really is one of the best in the league. It's just right. the matter of fact. Here's the thing, he's great, like, I'm not going to say he's the best because there's two guys there that are just as good, you know, Kareem Hunt, um, I think that makes them the best duo in the NFL. I I think there's no denying that they're the best running back duo right now. Um, Right, and then, you know, who knows, maybe in our kickoff we can talk about best duos when it comes to wide receivers. Oh, yeah. And maybe running backs, See. and maybe quarterback and wide receiver duos. But, Who knows? But I'm excited. Cleveland is just starting to become that destination that players want to go to mm-hmm. to win. You know, I know we talked about, and we're probably going to talk about who runs what um, conference. You know who. You know who. Where you have to go to get to the Super Bowl. But Cleveland is slowly emerging as that team. That is going to be the team to get through to go to a Super Bowl. They're slowly emerging to that point. And I think Stefanski's that guy. I think the teams that might be for the AFC, I mean, as much as Mm -hmm. we want to not admit it, probably the Chiefs, probably the Browns, the Bills, the Titans, are probably like the four teams of the AFC Mm -hmm. that you would want to go to the you know, possibly fight for one. Yeah. And then the NFC is probably just the box Which, at this point. I hate to have again, <laughs> again, we'll talk about this on the uh, kickoff show in exactly a month mm-hmm. from today, by the way. Um, September 8th. And we're on August How odd 8th. Is that? We're on August 8th. <laughs> so we just got to wait 30 days and then we'll tell you the full story. Um, but Exactly. Um, it was just a teaser. <laughs> But there we go. Um, Justin Houston also signed a pretty 
decent deal. One-year deal. He's going to boost the Ravens' defense. Um, you know, this is... I guess this is a signing they needed. Um, I don't know much about the Ravens' defense, but they could probably use some help, especially seeing that their offense is all running backs. <laughs> um, Justin Houston is a, a pretty good defensive end. He can, you know bring pressure to the quarterbacks when he needs to. So it's definitely a guy that they need. I mean, because they used to have guys like, Doom, you know, Doomerville, like hmm. um, Ed Reed, like hmm. oh, Ray Lewis. You know, they had guys like that, and they had such a great hmm. defense. To get a guy like Justin Houston is probably the guy that can remind them a lot about a lot of Ray Lewis. I mean, I wouldn't say that they're exactly the same player, but... I think that he can definitely bring an impact, bring pressure to the quarterback that they probably need for the Ravens. Because, you know, their offense is good. Their defense has been kind of slacking. Yes, they have Marcus Peters. Yes, they have a lot of other good hmm. guys on the defense. But to have a guy that can bring pressure off the edge is probably somebody that they have needed for quite some time. Um, as far as being the same player... Since his time in the Chiefs, I have no idea. I don't think so. He's no. really dropped off ever since then. Hence why he can't mm. stay on a team longer than a, a year at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just about to say the same thing. I don't think he's the same player, but I think he can definitely, um, at the very least, provide that leadership that they need. Um, let's face it, Melvin Ingram's in the same boat with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's probably right. not, let's face it, um, I've talked to a friend who is a Steelers fan. We both kind of agree he's not going to be that impact player, but he is going to bring a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience, and quite frankly, I think he could help put T.J. Watt as one of the best pass rushers in the game. I mean, he did that for mm -hmm. Joey Bosa. Um, I think he made Joey Bosa a better pass rusher than he is, and without a doubt, he can do the same for... Uh, T.J. Watt, and I'm excited to see what happens there. Maybe Justin Houston can do the same for some of these younger guys in Baltimore with any luck. I think so, too. <laughs> and I'm just going to make a note. You know, of course, whose team do I, you know, are they going to go up against You know, in week one with a tandem duo? My team, unfortunately. Which... Yeah. Which uh, I'm... It's going to be interesting. <laughs> will Will Melvin Ingram stay healthy? That's the big question. Of course, he's That's had a big some injury. Question. That's he's had some big injury concerns. So, but of course, if you want to know, we can talk more about that in our kickoff show. Yeah, I had that noted. We didn't actually talk about it, but mm. we'll probably talk about it yeah. a little bit more. But what we do want to talk about, which is an interesting mm -hmm. topic, and Upstate New York. Here's one I can actually provide good feedback on. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills plan on making a new stadium. Now, the thing about it is they were threatening to move to Austin, Texas, but the, the county had no idea about it at all. <laughs> they were clueless about the thought about them moving to Austin, Texas, by the way, which... Is, hmm. is a big no-no. You, you want to like, oh yeah, we're going to go to Austin, Texas, and then they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't tell us this. 
You know, this is kind of a big surprise here. What do you mean you're gonna move to Austin, Texas and not let us know about it? Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's quite a shot out of left field. Um, but, let's face it, this is something I've done research on, so maybe I should start with this. Um, but, you know, um, for those who don't know what public funding is, of course... Public funding is when the county and the government has to pay for the new facility for a sports team. Um, I don't believe the sports team pays them back, but instead they lease the property. So kind of like, you mm -hmm. know, um, for example, the Rochester Red Wings, um, they lease Frontier Field. The Pagulas lease Blue Cross Arena, just for those who live around Rochester, New York. Those are good examples of it. They have to lease the property from the county of which they belong to in order to use it. And, of course, mm -hmm. um, the Pagulas want $1.1 billion to build this new outdoor stadium, or they're threatening to move to Austin, Texas. First off, how do you know Texas won't pay for, you know, I mean, they'd probably play in the Alamo Dome down there, but I, I think, you know, this is, this is a threat that's so um, stupid, it's so pointless, because at the end of the day, we don't need another Texas team, it's going to screw up the divisions. Um, no, I agree. And, you know, they... They have a pretty good stadium in Buffalo right now. They have the uh, Highmark Field there. Yeah. Um, and let's face it, I, I just personally don't think the government should give them that money because they really haven't played fair with Monroe County with Blue Cross Arena. Keep in mind, the Pagula Sports and Entertainment operates Blue Cross Arena here in Rochester, New York. And they won't even let the county use the property for things. There was a funeral. They wouldn't let the, to my knowledge, there was a funeral for a fallen soldier that they wouldn't even let the county lease the, uh, build, or use the building for it. So, at the end of the day, I mean, looking at this and seeing their uh, track record of not allowing people to use the facilities, I don't think that they should even be allowed to use it. And if they're going to move anywhere because they don't get the money, they should move to Toronto. Okay. <laughs> they should move to mm -hmm. Toronto. Um, they've already got a good market out there. Bills fans, let's face it, Bills fans are probably the most loyal fan base in all of football. And there's really yeah, no contest there. If you move them to Toronto, they'll still show up. You move them to Austin, Texas, you're going to lose a whole fan base. Yeah, I I think so. But like like we said, the Bills fans travel just about as good as like the Steelers fans do. Hmm. So I think there would... I mean, not saying that there wouldn't still be, but you're just going to piss off upstate New York. So much if you move them out of New York. Um, Toronto is still technically um, North America, so it's not like it's a big move. The only thing that's going to suck is a lot of people are going to have to get enhanced uh, Not to mention test licenses. Yeah, and that too. For at least the next year or so. Who knows? 
So um, it's just it's just easier to keep it in Orchard Park, um, and move it downtown. I mean, th- there was a lot of plans for oh well, it's going to be downtown Buffalo. It was going to be somewhere in Orchard Park. I just think, why don't you just renovate the stadium that you already have? It'll be a lot cheaper. Yes, exactly. you know we definitely the Bills probably do need a new stadium eventually. Because that stadium yeah. has been around for ever at this point. Let's... But start with the small stuff mm-hmm. and then eventually get to the bigger stuff. Because right now, that stadium's yeah. not falling down anytime mm-hmm. soon. Look, I mean, I grade it based on the way that... First off, we know how the Raiders stadium looked before they left Oakland. Okay, that stadium, there was no renovations you could do that would save that stadium because it was just falling apart. I don't right. see Bill's stadium looking like that. Um, granted, no, you know, look, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't get a new stadium. Let's face it, it's not Lambeau Field. It's not Soldier Field. Um, it's not like Fenway Park where it's kind or Wrigley Field where it's a national monument. And, you know, it's a staple. You know, it's one you could tear down easily and not feel the uh, guilt of it because it's not really a historical landmark. Um, But, Mm -hmm. again, I just don't, you know, they're kind of just putting the county in a lose-lose because, let's face it, Erie County doesn't have the money to build them a stadium. At least I don't think so, without hiking taxes up. Um, And, you know, but then, of course, if they leave Erie County or they leave Buffalo in general, it's going to kill the upstate economy. Because let's face it, the Bills bring in a lot of money to upstate New York. So I just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, but again, if they move to Toronto, keep in mind where you play is where you get taxed. So again, like Bills, you know... So for income tax, if you play a game in New York, you have to pay New York state tax. If you play in Texas against the Cowboys, you have to pl- you have to pay the uh, Texas state task- tax on your paycheck. Um, right. Toronto's is pretty substantially high. Um, maybe that's why they're not considering it, but Toronto, of course, with that high tax, that could very well hurt the Bills. Um, Austin, Texas, probably not a huge destination for the Bills, because let's face it, Texas is not a huge destination for football players right now, unless you're Jerry Jones mm. and not afraid to open up the pocketbooks an extra $20 million. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, Buffalo's not a hot destination, but their fan base is what is the attraction, as well as Josh Allen. So, well... And, and there's a lot of players that are wanting to come and play. And then Levin says, well, they always guess, well, what brought you here? Well, the fans won. Um, you know, playing to win a championship is kind of won. So it, it's definitely gotten a lot better as of late that, you know, players actually want to play there. Yes, a lot of their players right now are ones that they drafted, but a lot of the players that they have signed... Over the years, like, you know, Beasley and 
Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders. A lot of them came in from free agency and said, well, the reason I signed here is mm-hmm. because, well, Diggs got traded, but, I mean, the ones that did get signed mm-hmm. said that they came here to, you know, for one goal in mind and win a championship for Buffalo. For Buffalo. Not for Texas, not for Austin, but for Buffalo itself. Yeah. So you know what, NFL? Do the right thing and keep the stadium in Buffalo. Yeah. Goodell, do the right thing. I know but, you say you want a new stadium and, for the Bills, and the right thing would be to keep it Terry, in Buffalo. And Terry and all the owners looking at new stadiums, do the right thing. Stop making the county pay for your stadiums, okay? Pay for it out of your pocket, or, you know what, leave. That simple. Um, That's just my opinion. Um, If you don't like it, leave. You know, exactly. They shouldn't have to exactly. pay for your stadium. You know, we shouldn't have to pay for your stadium. Okay, we already pay admission. We already pay um, for souvenirs. You're generating a lot mm-hmm. of profit on this. Okay, this is just kind of your easy way out of having to pay for it. So man up and just pay for it. If you can't pay for it, take out a loan. Okay. I'm sure a bank would loan you the money in a heartbeat if you got good credit. But don't be asking for right. the government to pay for your um, endeavors. That's all I got to say is mm-hmm. that public funding crap is such a waste of time to begin with. I but, agree. Anyway, let's move forward here to some NBA news. Yeah. Oh, man. I tell ya. I I thought... You know, one big three with LeBron was bad enough. Now, do you think that with Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers, it's going to be another big three all over again? I I think maybe three years ago it would have been a good big three because, let's face it, Russell Westbrook three years ago was unstoppable. Yes, yes, he has. Um, Ever since he's left... Okay, see, he has not really been the same, honestly. Yeah, but I think definitely he can be a contributor, and I think he's honestly, there's no argument here that he is the best point guard LeBron has had with them. Um, you know, I, I don't... That's tough to tell, because I think him and Kemba were really good. No, LeBron didn't play with Kemba. Or not Kemba, I mean, you know what I meant. Yeah, say. Kyrie. Kyrie. Him and Kyrie were really I don't together know. in Cleveland. See, I would take Russell Westbrook over Kyrie just on the fact of all the triple doubles. I mean, let's face it. The problem it. is, Russell Westbrook is going to... I mean, yes, he's a, <laughs> he'll pass the ball and stuff and thing, but he's too arrogant of a player. I just don't... Like, I know they say, like, well, he's not as arrogant as you think he is. Yes, the hell he is. He is really arrogant. He's going to think that he's the freaking all-star on a team when it's truly... Well, supposed to be LeBron, even though AD mm-hmm. is there too. But the thing is, like, I just don't see it meshing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, seeing the other guys that they brought in, Ariza's back with the Lakers after, you know, some time away. Uh, Kent Baseborn's also back. Uh, Dwight Howard's also back. Mm-hmm. Melo joining up with the Lakers doesn't make, it doesn't shock me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malik Monk, they're just going after anybody. And I hate to say it, I know I skipped they have one, one of the oldest teams. With LeBron, 
I think LeBron is definitely having a big say in all these guys com- coming in. The GM. And I think the real reason why, it, yeah, he's a real GM. Come on now. He, he should might not be a have GM. that destination. He's going to be one of these days. Come on. Come on. He would be an excellent GM for a team. Let's face it. Because he knows how to bring <sighs> talent in. I know he knows how to bring talent in, but it's a lot of veteran players that are way, like, mm-hmm. basically really past their prime. Ariza past his prime. Mello? Mello's I mean, kind yes, of had still, a resurgence. Mello's had a resurgence. Still, he can still play, but, like, he's kind of getting to that point. Uh, Bazemar, he's all right. He's a young player, but he has, he's not really a big contributor. Um, Joy mm-hmm. Howard, yeah... He helped the Lakers win a Let's championship a couple Gasol. years back. Mark, Mark Gasol is still there. I mean, Horton, Tucker, back. So, hmm. I mean, they're doing whatever they can with what they have. But a lot of those are for under minimum contracts, yeah. like the veteran minimum contracts. So, of course, you know, LeBron, Westbrook, and... And AD are the ones that are making the most bank. But having a surrounding cast like that actually is not bad. Yeah. Um, Can they be a finals contributor? I'm not too sure. It's, it's still tough the to West. tell. I know it's still, it's still the West. It, it, you know, you, you still got the Suns that are out there at large. Uh, the, the Jazz that are still out there at large. You know, a lot of other teams, we don't know about, the, you know, the Mavericks. The Mavericks could still be in the fold. The Clippers, we do not know as of yet. I'm not going to go into that discussion about the Clippers. Um, hmm. I'm not going to talk about anything about Kawhi Leonard because we do not know what's going on with him. There's a lot of speculation that he's going to resign, but I'm not going to go into any further detail about that. But as of now, it's looking very promising that the Lakers are definitely going to back it be back in that finals yeah. fold and not miss the playoffs. I, I think it's I think it's finals or bust for this roster, but what my biggest question is going to be, keep in mind, LeBron had in Miami when he had his best team that he's ever played with, um you know, when he had the best team he's ever played with in Miami, he had a coach that could manage those egos. How is Frank Vogel going to manage this is going to be the big question mark on this. That's also the other question. That's also the other big question. Let's face it. The egos now in the game are much, much greater than the egos 10 years ago when LeBron was in Miami. So I'm very intrigued to see what happens with those egos because, of course, if they go in there with high egos and, you know... Especially Westbrook. If he goes in there with the high ego, you can kiss goodbye to any run at the title. And honestly, Westbrook has that big ego. He's played for teams that... Like, how that man does not have a ring by now Mm -hmm. is beyond me. Because he's played on some great teams in his NBA career. I mean, minus maybe the Wizards. But the Thunder... He had a great team. Mm-hmm. Yes, they fell short, you know, in that mm-hmm. finals. They were choke but, artists. Like, he has had, he had great teams with the Thunder. 
yeah, they had that Western Conference the finals appearance in 2011, and then, you know, again with the Golden State Warriors in 2017. No, 2016, 2017. It was one of those years that, you know, still had... uh, Oh, no. 2015. It was the year before Katie uh, joined them. Mm -hmm. Western Conference Finals between the Thunder. I mean, like, they had teams that, like, they couldn't just get past. So, to see Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers kind of just seems like a a cop-out to, like, well... You know, I might as well join up with the best. It just seems like he's desperate for a ring at this point, and he'll do anything he can. And he thinks so. Um, well, let's face it. Everyone knows if you pair up with LeBron, you almost got a full... You've, you've got a little short of a guarantee of going to an NBA Finals at the very least. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like I said, everyone can shit on LeBron and say, well, he can't win without superstars, but that's the game today. Okay. Let's face it. Unfortunately. Let's face it. The Bucks, they were carried by Giannis. Okay? And they didn't really play... You know, they played a Western Conference team that didn't have a super team. Okay? And that's what made this, you know, this last hey, season so great. It was yeah. two teams that didn't have to put together super teams yeah. that got into the finals. But let's face it, you can make the argument as well that the Suns only made it there because of all the injuries that happened on the teams they were playing. Okay, See, you could fully make that if argument. This was the, if this was how it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be Lakers and Nets. And not saying that the Nets won't still be in, yeah. in that discussion. Of course, they definitely will be. But the Lakers, you know... After they see that last year with, you know, mm-hmm. them getting hurt, they had to do whatever they could. Yeah. And I don't know what it was so hell-bent on getting rid of um, Kyle Kuzma, but I just feel bad for Kuzma. I just yeah. don't think he got that time to really develop his game even further. Mm-hmm. Like, it just sounded like LeBron was just fed up with him. And you, I think and LeBron knows kinda, he's 30. It seems like... Yep. It seems like just like... The Cleveland Cavaliers um, no. time where he basically traded away all that roster. This is what this reminds me of. Like, he gets rid of all those guys that he knows that aren't going to be great contributors and then bring in guys mm-hmm. that he knows can be. But we've seen this before. They didn't do very well with that. Do you think that the same outcome is going to happen mm-hmm. with the Lakers this year? Well, I'm telling you, LeBron's in his late 30s. He knows he doesn't have much more time in this league. So, let's face Mm -hmm. it, he did what he had to do. The team did what they had to do, you know. It's just like the Yankees, okay? At the end of the day, it's the same thing as the Yankees. They they do what they know can help them win now. And let's face it, the Lakers are in a win now. And if you're not contributing, bye-bye. Um, but anyway, we got to get moving here. We're starting to fall a little behind. So let's move on to the Bulls here. Yeah, Lonzo, DeMar, teams of Zach Levine. Um, I think they're kind of primed for a playoff run. It seems like a better, uh, Chicago Bulls team that I've seen in a while. Yeah, Lonzo Mm -hmm. Ball might not be the best player. DeMar DeRozan's also, uh, kind of getting past his prime there. Not like he was with the 
um, the Raptors. Mm-hmm. But teaming up with Zach Levine, who has been nothing but an all-star for the Chicago Bulls, might just help them out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I think they're not... I think it's kind of a fluke, to be honest. Like, I, I don't, I'm not buying the Bulls as a team that can compete for le- the second round. Okay, let's go with the second round here. I'm not buying that they can compete for the second round, let alone work their way out of the uh, play in, the joke of a play in tournament. Um, let's face it, they've had issues for years and. They think that loading up on guards is going to help them, and frankly, I'm not buying it because Lonzo's kind of a bust at a guard to begin with. <laughs> so, right. Um, ah, uh, with the East being weak, I can see them making playoffs. Yeah. As far as being away from the play-in tournament, probably not. No, I think they're just setting themselves up to be one and done. Okay. Right. Let's face it. Now, sick. for a team. Okay. Right. Yeah, go, go ahead about Zach Levine. Oh no, I was gonna say Zach Levine is a talented player, but man, he's been screwed his whole career. He's always ended up on a team that can't make a run. I agree. I agree. Now a team that could very well be on some kind of run as a late man. Your Heat are looking like they're poised to maybe again. Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. ends up resigning on a huge contract. Like a super max contract, four years, and then Kyle Lowry in a sign and trade from the Raptors to the Heat for Goran Dragic. Now I tell you what, Brian. Sorry, sorry to the also, audio Ola, listeners. Ola Depot also um, back now. When you hear Kyle Lowry. On the Heat, do you think that the Heat might have won to trade over the Raptors? And second point, are they in store for possibly the fight with the Bucks? There's no doubt that if Tyler Hero can overcome his uh, sophomore slump, that they can make a run at this. I, I think there's no denying that. Now, I I don't think is it's. I don't think it's as much about the Bucks as it's going to be about the Nets because now the Nets have had, they're going to have a full year together. Keep in mind, this team was assembled, this super team was assembled kind of about 20% of the way through the season. So right. they didn't really have the off season to get that chemistry going. Now they have another pretty short off season to get things going. Which, by the way, I'm predicting a lot of big injuries are going to happen to open up the season because you got players coming back from Tokyo as well for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I, I already don't like what the NBA is doing, but that's a side point. Um, I don't think anybody won the trade necessarily because, let's face it, the Raptors are going to get a very, very talented guard, I believe, in Goran Dragic. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're getting a talented veteran uh, point guard. Now, Lowry's a little more talented than uh, Goran Dragic, but does he bring that experience is going to be the real big question because that's something Goran didn't lack in, is experience. Um, right. As far as the Butler deal, he was overpaid. There's no denying that there oh yeah he was, I think so he, was too. he was big time overpaid he's never proven whatsoever that he's 
worth that kind of money. Okay, he's not worth Steph Curry. He's not worth LeBron. He's not worth KD type money. He's, you know, and not to mention, I, I would say he's more of a sidekick than he is the all-star. And I don't think that this is right that the Heat are making him out to be an all-star. No, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure he signed a big old contract like this before with the, the Bulls back when it was him and um, Derek. But the big difference between that situation and now is Beck in that situation, he was also, he was that kind of all-star. He was putting, you know, putting up yeah. a production every single year. The only difference with this year is he came off a second year in Miami where he didn't do anything at all. Hmm. Maybe, okay, maybe in his first year with the Heat, yes, he could have he, you could have gave him that kind of money. But after that kind of second year where you didn't hmm. even make um didn't even make playoffs at all, right? They didn't make I think they missed out on it. I think we made it this past year. And then we lost first round to the or we lost second round to the Bucks. Yeah, that's right. We I got mean swept. I think he definitely deserved money, but Sorry about that. Sorry to cut you off. I'll let you finish your point here. No, I, I think I'm done with my point. Now, I, I was quite shocked about this situation. Just because he just got traded away from the Celtics. Well, guess what? His contract is getting bought out by the team he got traded to. And now he's going to the Knicks. Um, as far as... And he's going to he join a team with the a good point guard. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but Julius Randle's more of a forward than he is a guard. Though. I'm talking Derrick Rose. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you can still make it work. You can have Kemba being, like, the point, or have him as a shooting guard. You put Rose at point guard, you put Julius Randle at small forward. Um, Then... I don't know. It's going to be weird how this is going to all work. I guess he... I don't know if he would come off the... Be I think he would start and then Rose would come off the bench is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I just want to point out, I'm just doing this because I'm just shaking my head. I'm not... It's not that I'm not feeling good. It's just I'm shaking my head at this. You know, this is kind of just... I don't know. They're trying to form another super team in New York, I think, and... Let's face it, it's kind of the discount super team compared to the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> because, let's face it, they're not going to be anywhere even close to the Nets at the end of the year. No, not at uh, all. It's literally Walmart super team here. Um, <laughs> because Derrick Rose hasn't been that relevant since his injuries. Um, nope. You know, Julius Randle's kind of that fringe star. Um, Kemba Walker is a great point guard. I, I think he's a good point guard maybe he finds his traction there i don't know um but he's kind of you know i mean keep in mind he did average 23 points a game so it's not like he's really lost it per se um it's just a matter of is that going to be enough to lead the knicks I don't think he absolutely has to even be the, the top scorer because mm -hmm. that was definitely Randall last year. Mm -hmm. Not saying that the, the Knicks don't have a terrible team. I mean, 
They have Rose that's kind of getting back into form before his injuries. Uh, you have um, R.J. Barrett. Um, that's been nothing but good for them ever since he's come out of yeah. uh, Duke. Um, now you bring in Kemba Walker, who you know is a four-time All-Star that can bring mm-hmm. in production. Um, I mean, it's a pretty young team. Maybe yeah. minus Derek Rose because he's in his thirties mm. and whatnot. Yeah. But to me, I I think you have the right pieces that kind of maybe kind of compete in the East. But you're definitely not getting anything past mm. maybe fourth or fifth place in the East. I think this whole Eastern Conference runs through three team or two teams. I'm not even gonna say the Miami Heat because I don't know what's gonna happen with Tyler Hero in his third year. It's going to run through the Brooklyn Nets and obviously the Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to run through those two teams. Uh, if I was to run down teams that might run through the Bucks, the Nets, the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks. I completely forgot about them. I'm going to say the... And probably... And probably one other, honestly. I'm going to but say definitely the, the Haw- I'm going to say the dark horses are the Celtics and the Heat. That's my honest prediction. The dark horses. I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't even say the Celtics. The Celtics haven't really been that relevant of a team. They really haven't been doing anything in free agency, which makes me beg to differ. What the hell were the Celtics thinking in having Brad Stevens as their GM when he's done absolutely nothing but dismantle that? Uh, Is he going to play Sean like, McDermott? Have... Is he going to play Sean McDermott and say trust the process? No, that's uh, the big I, question. I guess so. <laughs> Trust the process, so. Jason. Trust the process. But, oh, man. But on that note, I think it's time for an anchor and canteen break. I, our final break before the uh, break here. So when we come back, um, we got, we're going to kind of wrap up the Olympics. We don't have much news that we can share because we're recording on Wednesday, unfortunately. Um, but we'll share, obviously, the biggest news out of the Olympics as of Wednesday Um, We're also going to get you caught up on the MLB trade deadline deals and, of course, tinkle on this. That's all coming up. We'll be back in just a minute after the break. All right, welcome back. The final stretch here. No big rush to get to vacation, but the final stretch before our break. Um, We did get some breaking news, by the way, on uh, NFL on Fox's... uh, So they've officially announced their broadcast teams for the new season. Just thought you might like to know this. Um, So Tom Rinaldi is going to be joining America's Game of the Week. That's a good one, honestly. Tom Rinaldi did an okay job last season. Um, Someone told me the other day that they hate Aaron Andrews. I don't know how anyone could hate Aaron Andrews. She's so wonderful what she does. I'm sorry, but the, the, those uh, fans that don't like her uh, can definitely yeah get um, out of the Discord right now. <laughs> yeah, get out of the Discord. Just delete your accounts. Get off social media. But anyway, we look on down. The big changes here. Kevin Burkhart will be joined by Greg Olson, the former Panthers tight end, in the booth. Of course, then you look further down. Here might... This one should just be Tinkle on this for the week, but it's not. Um, Kevin Kugler will be joined by Mark Sanchez, the butt fumbler. 
Um, and then, of course, uh, Laura Oakman. But here might be the biggest team, and I know everyone loves this guy. Uh, Gus Johnson, he's going to be joining select weeks where they have a pretty big schedule of football games he'll be joining. And he'll be joined by the guy who who loves yanking uh, chains off of players' necks, uh, Akib Talib. And then, of course, uh, Megan Olivia will be the other sideline reporter. So, pretty interesting stuff, I guess. Um, yeah, I would say so. Very interesting duos, very interesting uh, announcer teams. But, hey, you I'm know, just glad to see I guess Gus we don't Johnson. have any say in that matter. Yeah, I'm just excited to see Gus Johnson call an NFL game. That's going to be great. But... Um, let's move on, though, to the Olympics here. Um, Simone Biles, she, of course... Now, mind you, we recorded we recorded Tinkle Olympic Zone every Sunday, or the last two Sundays. This news came out literally right before the premiere on Tuesday more, or afternoon. Um, Simone Biles returned for the final event in women's gymnastics. She won the bronze on the balance beam. Um, and some other news came out today that she dealt with the passing of her aunt during the Olympics, which may very well have contributed to her anxiety and whatnot. Um, but Simone Biles on the Today Show, I believe it was either this morning or the morning before that, she announced that she is not ruling out a 2024 return to the Olympics. Mind you, Simone Biles will be 27 at the next Olympics. Um, Jason, I guess I got to ask you first off, what's your thoughts on that news? Oh, I think it's the best move for her to go into 2024 because like we said before, the athlete side of her is, I can't be proud of, you know, just going out with bronze in the final event. I want to come back and get as much, uh, I mean, she, I guess the rumor had it that she was primed to have to go get six golds in this Olympics. Well, guess what? The six Hmm. golds didn't happen. So her in 2024, that could be the mindset. It's like, you know, I can put, you know, a lot of this past me, put this Olympic run past me, you know, put, yes, the, you know, sad, God rest her soul, her aunt's passing behind her too. My condolences to her family, by the way. Yes, mine too. And then go out in 2024 better refreshed and a better human being in, in general um and mental health hopefully in check by then i don't want to go too deep into that yeah and i think she's going to come out in 2024 physically and mentally 10 times better than she did this yeah. year and who knows she could win a lot of gold in 2024 for the Olympic run. We had a 46-year-old in female gymnastics this season in the Olympics. Um, I'm not ruling that out. I I think that's a big possibility that she could consider that return. And if, you know, it may not be in as many events as she did before, but she might return. I, I wouldn't rule it out. And I think that um, at the very least, if she doesn't return, she should have some part in Team USA's uh, gymnastics program for years to come. So, right. I think, though, that would definitely put to rest kind of her 
you know, thoughts, you know, maybe those um, thoughts of, hey, like, I didn't, you know, I missed out on this opportunity and whatnot. But I, you know, hopefully, again, she'll have a part in the next Olympics. But I guess um, I know you didn't watch much of the Olympics. I didn't either. But what are your final thoughts on Tokyo 2021? Uh, I'm just thinking that, you know, there was definitely a bunch of people that showed up. And mm -hmm. I guess I was just very disappointed in USA's run this year. Like, I thought they would have done a little bit better in its Olympic run. And, and it's yeah, they won a lot of gold and a lot, won a lot of um, medals. But the thing is, is like, you kind of see it and like, wow, what the heck happened? It was almost like a big drop off from uh, 2016. See, it's I think soccer was the biggest surprise out of everything, to be honest. Yeah, um, I agree. Soccer, women's soccer seemed like a shoo-in. And then, of course, um, the penalty that will go down in infamy, of course, um, I believe... So. One play, one of the Canada kickers got kicked inside the box, and um, that led to the penalty kick against the goalie who replaced the injured starting goalie for the U.S. That led to the goal that ended the game. Um, mm -hmm. I think, without a doubt, that penalty will go down in infamy for the U.S. Of course, their first loss to Canada in 20 years. Um that was disappointing, I think, you know. But at the same time, as we look at the disappointments, I mean, the basketball program had a couple losses. I don't know what they meddled in. Again, we recorded on Wednesday, so factor that in. Um, you know, we don't know if they won gold. We don't know if they even meddled, let alone that. Um, you know, but they had some stiff competition. Spain brought the competition to them. Um, I believe they lost to France. You know, they lost a couple games. Um, I think as much as we can be disappointed that they lost all these games, I think we can take away from this that it's finally good to see Team USA have that competition in these events. Because um, let's face it, they've run the table in some sports, and it's nice to see these other countries finally step up and actually have a shot at beating the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Slovenia, for one. Yeah. I was quite shocked about them. <laughs> Especially mm -hmm. since they beat Spain. Yeah, which was shocking because they really weren't doing too hot. But... So, honestly, it wouldn't shock me to see Slovenia win gold. Mm -hmm. It would be the first time ever in their country, too. Yeah, again, we don't know what happened, so that's exactly. all we can say. Um, I'm sure by now the medals have been awarded in that sport. but um, I think so, too. You know, I'm excited to see what happens with Beijing 2022, which, of course, is six months from now. Oh, <laughs> So that should be pretty fun to watch. Oh, you know what? I guess I was right about, uh, what, January? Uh, Wait, well, no. we're in August, so it's February. Okay, well. But let's move forward here. 
Um, the, if you're a baseball fan, this is the moment you've been waiting for. All the deals, and of course we're going to break them down. Um, but before we do that, we have some news that kind of happened in our backyard this past week. Um, last Saturday, um, Daniel Brito of the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, of course that is the Phillies farm team for those who don't know, um, he collapsed during the first inning of the baseball game here at Frontier Field in Rochester, New York. Um, the third base coach had to catch him. Of course, he went through two surgeries this past week and is currently in stable condition. Um, his family just came in from Venezuela to be by his side. Um, but again, the good news is that he's in stable condition right now. Um, both weekend games, the last weekend in Rochester, were postponed. Um, as a result, the Red Wings showing class. Of course, Red Wings players and staff signing him a huge jersey. And then, of course, at Wednesday's game, they had a giant card outside for fans to sign and send their well wishes to Daniel Brito and his family. Um, first off, I just got to say, this is why we love Rochester this is why we love Western New York. The fans are, the sports fans, this may not be the biggest market in the world, and it's far from it, but the fans have nothing but class when it comes to this kind of stuff. And it shows... I'm glad that they did something like that. Yeah, and it shows as well just how well we can get along. Of course, we live in a divided nation right now, on politics, but it shows that we can unite for one big thing, and of course, um, it showed as well when Andy Dalton got donated a bunch of wings for helping the Bills uh, <laughs> win their first playoff appearance in 17 years. Um, they also get not all only I know is he better have enjoyed all those free wings, <laughs> and not to mention all those donations to his charity. But you know, it's true. I, I, I gotta applaud it. This is why I love living where I live right now. Um, but, of course, our thoughts and prayers with Daniel Brito during this time. We did talk about it on Olympic Zone as well. Um, but, again, glad to hear the news that he is in stable condition. And we will bring you, hopefully, any updates over social media as we get him available. Of course, we don't really have much thoughts on this, I'm sure, other than just great move by Rochester to uh, show class during this time of, um, you know, bad news, I guess. Um, right. But on to the trade deadline. Let's get going here. Um, big news here. The Cubs, of all teams, cleared house. Um, Javier Baez to the Mets. Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees, and Chris Bryant to the Giants. Um, I know your brother's thoughts because he's a big Cubs <laughs> fan. Um, let, me, let me run through it in order of how I announced him. Um, good riddance was his reaction to Baez. Um, damn to Anthony Rizzo. And just straight anger to Chris Bryant. <laughs> um, so, what's your thoughts on this? See, the funny thing is, I know he has um, really said crap about Baez, but you know what? I hate to say it, I think he ended up in the best situation because he hit... The in his first game with the Mets, he hit a home run. That's kind of sounding better than what well, the other two guys have done already. Um, 
Um, yes, Baez is a better defensive I, man. He's better out in the outfield than he is as a hitter. As uh, my brother has noted, I guess he swings at everything. I don't know how true that is, but I on. think his batting average is I, actually one of the better ones in the MLB. So I think his situation is better in the Mets. I think he's just got a general... I think he's just got a general hate for Javier Baez. I, I, I don't think Baez is that bad. Let's face it. Which um, is hilarious because all three of those players helped the Cubs win in 2016. Yep. So I don't know why he's got that crap Cleveland, on Baez. Cleveland Indians blew a 3-1 to one lead. Just throwing that out there. How can they be the Guardians when they blew a 3-1 to one lead? Exactly. Um, But um, Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. Um, I, I don't think that was the best situation for him, seeing how close that division is. Same with the Baez to the Mets. I think Chris Bryant won that deal, ultimately. We know he's still young. We know he's a very talented player. Um, and let's face it, the Giants are in a tough division, too. Um, but I think the Giants needed someone like Chris Bryant. I don't think the Yankees needed somebody like Rizzo. This was kind of just desperation. And then Baez to the Mets, I think, is a close second to Chris Bryant to the Giants because the Mets, again, in a close division. Um, let's face it, the Nationals have already conceded. The Marlins are probably not going to be there in a few weeks. So it's going to be between the Braves and the Mets, and I think this gives them the edge over the Braves. Yeah, I would agree. But um, the other big news, and here's a trade I did not expect, honestly. Um, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, key pieces in the Nationals' 2019 championship run, they're now gone to the Dodgers, the defending champs in MLB. Um, I got nothing more to say than wow is just mm. it. Um. What's your thoughts here? <laughs> what it sounds like to me is the Dodgers are trying anything that they can to repeat. Hey, Scherzer's their guy, honestly. Um, and then Trey Turner, a big piece on the offense, as well as the defensive side. Um, but Scherzer, oh my goodness. Um, this is a huge ad for them in the pitching rotation. So I'm excited to see what they do now. And this could, again, give them the edge to beat the Padres and beat the Giants in that division. But um, here's another one. We knew this trade was coming because, let's face it, the Twins are battling for the basement, which they're going to lose because the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. Um, but... Uh, Barrios was dealt to the Blue Jays um, in exchange for the Blue Jays' top prospects. Um, I think this can definitely help the Blue Jays get into the wild card. Of course, the Red Sox and the Rays are struggling right now. This could very well put them in the battle for the division, but I'm going to be safe and say the wild card. Yeah, I would definitely say the wild card. Blue Jays are usually like a playoff team in some uh, some way of the sense every year, so At least playing the for last wild few. card wouldn't shock me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, 
And of course, um, Eddie Rosario. This was a big Twins loss this offseason. He was dealt to the Cleveland Baseball Club. Now he was dealt to the Atlanta Braves. And of course, he struggled with the Cleveland Baseball Club. Um, Jason, does he regain his form with the Atlanta Braves here? Hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> it, it's always tough to kind of regain form with a lot of teams when you already have been playing like dirt. So yeah, time will only tell, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. It's, time will only tell. It's typical of Twins players to leave Minnesota. It's typical of Twins players to leave Minnesota and kind of play average or mediocre at their new clubs. So he's just following along with the trend right now. Um, but I certainly hope that he does get back on track with the Braves. We'll see. Um, but with that, how's about one more for the road of Tinkle on this? Uh, of course, I know you're not a big racing fan, but here's a big kind of shake-your-head moment and a complete loss of awareness. Um, Ross Chastain, now keep in mind, I've met Ross Chastain. He's a very nice guy, um, very animated driver, and of course, I can't wait to see him. I'm actually at the Watkins Glen races. You guys are watching this premiere, enjoying the birthday beer. But, um, yeah, Ross Chastain announced he was going to be running the truck race at Watkins Glen on his social media page, to which Bob Pockris, the Fox Sports reporter, and others chimed in and told him, Hey, Ross, um, there's only eight races left in the truck season, and by the rules, you're not eligible to run in the truck series race at Watkins Glen. Um, so a few hours later, he had to backtrack it, but of course he handled it with class. Um, he posted a meme of... Uh, I will pay closer attention to the NASCAR rule book. You know that uh, Bart Simpson one where he's writing on the chalkboard multiple times? Whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> he, he took it with class, I would say. Um, but it's not all lost. Of course, his younger brother, Chad Chastain, who has never run a race in his NASCAR or in his racing career in the NASCAR Premier Series, he will be replacing older brother Ross in the number 45 for Nice Motorsports, or he did on Saturday, I should say. Um, of course, I'll have the full recap on out of turn four on Tuesday, but Ross, for the love of God, pay attention to the rules, my friend. Come on. Yeah, please. Come on. Come on. You're not the New England Can't Patriots. Be that hard. You're not the New England Patriots. Pay attention to the... You're not the Houston Astros. There's no rules that are above you. So for that, Ross... Hey, you're not... No, 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 no. Get it right. You're not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, yeah, you're breathing in whatever you're watering those watermelons with. And for that, Ross, I say tinkle on this, bud. So, oh, man. Bittersweet moment here. Now we're off for a month. Yeah, um, it's... Well... Don't miss us off, too much. Off too with much an asterisk people. next to it. Because, again, we'll be back maybe on August 21st at 8 p.m. for our first fantasy draft of the yeah. season. Um, you know, 
of course, we need more people, guys. We need five more teams. That's all we need. Spread the word, okay? Let's get this league on on the roll here. Um, eight, you know, five more teams minimum is what we need. The draft is Saturday, August 21st at 8 p.m. If not, we will have another draft here, but it is not an open league. It is a private league. We'll have a draft on Saturday, August 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern that will live stream here on Tinkle Sports and Entertainment. So it's not a total loss, but we sure hope that you guys will join the one that's on August 21st. Um, and, of course, join the Tinkle Group Discord for more details. Again, we're off for a month. We'll be back September 8th with our NFL kickoff show. I know Jason and I are both excited. We've been kind of teasing away the last few weeks here, but expect a really we'll good go show. We'll go more into detail about it. <laughs> of course, expect a good show. I mean, if we're just giving little details now, expect a really good show on September 8th. Yes, yes, So yeah, definitely. <laughs> again, all platforms, if you're on audio, you will actually be able to watch this one. So please tune in for that. And then, of course, um, our show will return fully starting September 12th, which, of course, we'll have probably a lot to discuss if we don't do Facebook or Instagram in the month off. But um, we'll have a lot to bring you. Um, again, just the reasoning behind it, we needed a break, I think. I definitely needed a break. Um, no, I think I needed a break as well, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> then, of course, again, we're at this point in the year. I mean, the Olympics is over. But the series that or the sports that are active right now compared to inactive, inactive outweighs active right now. So that's why we're kind of just right. taking a break right now. Um, we will be back again September 12th. We hope you'll be here. We hope you don't go away. Um, but... Check out our social media, and we'll be back in exactly a month from now. Until then, guys, enjoy the month off.